Hello, everybody. I want to talk about a documentary called Hip Hop Beyond Beats and Rhymes. This is the transcript that I'm reading to you. So this is about um, an arti artistic way of confronting the issues of the world that are in a publicized format called hip hop. And what I'm about to say to you is excruciating in terms of the language, but sometimes excruciating language needs to be said so people can start being compassionate. And for those who are already compassionate, for their compassion to grow, if those are who need to start their compassion, once they have, they need to maintain it. So everybody needs to maintain and grow compassion and empathy, okay? So I also want to mention that all the issues that are presented in hip hop are in each and every industry, in each and every sector of life. Sexploitation is not just a hip hop issue, it's a each and every industry issue. It's in each and every sector of life too, sexploitation is. So I want to begin the transcript reading. This is Media Education Foundation 60 Masonic, Masonic St. North Hampton, Massachusetts, one. 010660. I grew up with Big Daddy Kane, The Jungle Brothers, Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, Kwame, whoever you want to talk about in hip hop. I listen to their music. I party to their music. I listen to hip hop to this day. I sometimes feel bad for criticizing hip hop, but I guess what I'm trying to do is to get us men to just take a hard look at ourselves. We're like in this box. In order to be in that box, you have to be strong. You have to be tough. You have to have a lot of girls. That's how women are called, unfortunately. Women are not girls, girls are not women. You've got to have money, you gotta be a player or a pimp, you know you gotta be in control, you have to dominate other men, other people. If you aren't any of those things, what I'm about to say to you is raw, but I just wanted it to be known that these are names that have been societally uh, directed at people, okay? So I'm just telling you the truth I'm not promoting what is being said. I'm just telling you the truth so we could all be empathy-hearted beings, empathy-minded beings, empathy-souled beings, okay? If you aren't any of those things, then people call you soft or weak or pussy or chump or faggot. And nobody wants to be any of those things, so everybody stays inside the box. That context means is that he's talking about toxic masculinity and the horrors of it. He's talking about 
hyper masculinity and the horrors of it. So that's when he said when he says nobody, nobody in that toxic masculinity embracing, hyper masculinity embracing. Uh, environment and culture wants to be in those things. So everybody who embraces top masculinity, hypermasculinity, stays inside the box. That's the context. And there's nothing wrong with being a woman. There's nothing wrong with being a girl. There's nothing wrong with being LGBTQI+. There's nothing wrong with having a soft heart. There's nothing wrong with you need the right people to help strengthen you. There's nothing wrong with those things, okay? So I want to put that on record. I heard Shook Knight say one time that hip-hop is a man's game, and it is. Again, he's talking about people who have toxic masculinity and hyper-masculinity in their hearts. That is exactly what he means when he's about this man's game. Obviously, we do have women rappers, women successful rappers. So that shows you how prevalent the sexism, chauvinism, misogyny is. Okay? Person number one. Before hip-hop, men were seeming in R&B. They was, like, very docile. You know what I mean? But when hip-hop came around, it brought masculinity back into the game now some of this is a little misguided well we're talking about stereotypical masculinity was brought back okay person number two one second we're killing each other he's talking about how murder has been a theme in in it was one of the themes in some of the, in some of the music and the next minute we're quote-unquote Pimping hoes. They're talking about how controlling women has been featured in some of the music. And I want to say this on record. The concept of hoes is regardless of gender because you have people who have more than one partner, multiple partners. And it's not just women. And I want to say this. I hate rape culture. I hate sex shaming. I hate slut shaming. I hate prude shaming. And I and I want to say honestly that regardless of how people live their lives, they should be respected and protected. We're and then the person continues to say we're doing everything wrong, that's bananas. Person number three. The rap music, I think there's identification with some of the most stereotypical masculine standards. Conrad Tillett, every black man that goes in the studio, he's always got two people in his head, him in terms of who he really is, and the thug that he feels he has to project. It's a prison for us. It's a prison that we're in. 
Buster Rhymes. He's a rapper. Yo, I'm this, I'm that, I'm telling it. You know you ain't doing jack shit. But at the end of the day, you know you could make somebody believe that you are. It could be profitable. Person number four. I jokingly say that I'm in recovery from hip-hop. It's like being in a domestic violence situation. Your home is hip-hop and your man beats you. I, I don't find that funny. There's nothing funny about that. There's nothing funny about profiting off deception. There's nothing funny about being a fraud. And there's nothing funny about criminalizing people in terms of committing crimes on people. None of that is okay. This R from D12, this is rough for me to say. This is what he said, okay? I'm quoting what he said, and of course, I will easily refute what he said. This R from D12 said, we ain't all about smacking bitches and smacking hoes, but we will smack a bitch and smack a hoe, yeah. You notice I said it very fast because I can't say it normally because... Domestic violence against women is always wrong. Sexual violence against women is always wrong. Intimate partner violence against women is always wrong. Anyone who engages in these crimes should be prosecuted. Anyone who proudly makes those pro-domestic violence against women, pro-sexual violence against women, pro-partner violence against women, statements should be prosecuted to the, as well. Anybody who is for these types of violences against women in statement and more importantly indeed should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Fat Joe, we the kings, we the kings man, we the kings of this. There's no substance to what he said. It was vague, and so are you the king of defiling queendom and women? Are you the king of warped masculinity? Be careful of what you say, as well as your meanings. Broadcaster. Byron Hurt, the throw. He's under pressure. He's going to run. He's going to throw in the end zone complete. Just commenting on a football game. Byron Hurt, one of the best things I've ever been able to do in my life was to throw a football. I was nice with mine. Before games, I would listen to hip-hop to get psyched up. LL Cool J's mama said, knock you out, usually got me ready to play. I grew up like a typical boy in America. I was a star in high school and, and college quarterback, a ladies' man, and a cute dog who listened and parted to a whole lot of hip-hop without really questioning the lyrics I was listening to. Rap music's lyrics and images fell right in line with my masculine identity. I was that guy. That's who I was. And then my whole life changed. When I graduated from college, I was hired by Northeastern University Sport and Society to educate young men about men's violence against women. They figured boys and men would listen to an ex-jock like me. If I hurt dressed in class, when I was your age, nobody came into my high school and talked to me about men's violence against women, especially men. Byron hurt. When I first started doing it, I didn't really know much about gender issues, anything like that. 
I was totally intimidated and totally unaware about what I could do as a man to, to I was totally intimidated and totally unaware about what I could do as a man to change any of that stuff. But I started learning a whole lot about masculinity. I became very introspective about my own self as a man. Every time I do a discussion or group, rap music always came up. People say, what about hip hop? Hip hop is so violent. Hip hop is so misogynistic. Hip hop is always bashing the LGBTQI plus community and whatever. And I would always defend hip hop. But the more I grew, the more I learned about sexism and violence and, and phobia against gender and sexual diversity, the more those lyrics became unacceptable to me. And I began to become very conflicted about the music that I loved. One day I was sitting home at the crib watching music videos. Now seeing video after video after video of rappers posing and posturing, throwing money at the camera, mad women around them dancing. He's not calling women crazy. He was just using slang for there are lots of women around them dancing. Okay. And I was like, yo, I need to do a film that breaks all this stuff down. So I raised money, brought a video camera, hired a film crew, and began my journey to examine the representations of manhood in hip hop culture. Everybody wants to be hard. Byron Hurt. My first step, my first stop was Daytona Beach, Florida at BT's annual Spring Bling Weekend. Young hip hop fans from all over the country were here to hang out and watch their favorite rap artists perform. I had a different agenda. I was here looking for young men and women to talk about the way manhood is displayed in hip hop culture. I felt like I was in the middle of a real live music video. On my first day here, I ran into the inspiring rap artists, person five, let me get next. Representing the all stars out of St. Louis, yo, and he's rapping. When it's time to go to war, I come equipped with the gauge and the tech and fat flesh like a syphilis plague in case a Nicholas Cage want to take it for granted, trying to face off, get taken off the face of the planet. This stuff is hard to even say and to even explain, but it must be done because even at the documentary, the issues are still not getting enough attention. And I have a platform where I bring the tissue, I bring attention to rough concepts every day. Person six rapping. Now, this is what this person said. I didn't say it, it was on the transcript, and I'll be saying it because I want it to be understood how fucked up life can be. Notice I put in the proper context and said fucked up now. Person number six rapping. Look, prick, you ain't never bust a nine before you dicks turn into pussies when it's time for war. Just let that marinate, okay? Person number seven rapping, again, is in the transcript. When the shells hit their body, I show him who that basket be. X my down ass niggas, will you blast for me? Let that marinate for a second. Person eight rapping. Keep talking about your guns, how you kill dudes for practice lying. Only thing you ever popped was aspirins. Let that marinate for a second. Byron Hurt. All they seemed to rhyme about was gunplay, killing other men, being tough and invulnerable, feminizing other men and putting fear into another man's heart. 
Why are so many rappers pre preoccupied with violence and gunplay? Rapper Nas singing, woke up this morning, you got yourself a gun, got yourself a gun. Dr. Eric, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson, when you think about American society, the notion of violent masculinity is at the heart of American identity. The preoccupation with Jesse James and the outlaw, the rebel, much of that is associated in the American mindset, the collective imagination of the nation with the expansion of the frontier. In the history of American social imagination, the violent man using the gun to defend his family, his, his kit and kin becomes a suitable manhood. Uh, I'm sorry. In the history of American social imagination, a violent man using a gun to defend his family, his kith and kin becomes a suitable metaphor for the notion of manhood. Jesse James film clip, make it fast slippery. This is your last straw. Nas, the rapper singing, I got mine. I hope you got yourself a gun. You're from the hood. I hope you got yourself a gun. Dr. Michael Eric Dyson. Some of the young people in hip hop are focusing on the very deployment of the gun as the paraphernalia of masculinity as the very symbol of what it means to be a real man. Dr. James Patterson, there are components to masculinity for the people who live and breathe hip hop culture. One of them is verbal ability and the second piece is the ability to negotiate violence. It's not shoot them up, bang, bang, but the ability to survive it like Tupac the rapper and 50 Cent the rapper. They have that kind of cult status because they survive these violent instances that we all hear about. Some of us experience it so we can relate to that. 50 Cent the Rapper music video. They both came up on the British streets of Jamaica, Queens, New York City, New York. Two street kids now men. Fire hurt. I thought about 50 Cent's music video, Many Men. In this video, he reenacts the day he survived a drive-by shooting where he was shot nine times. 50 Cent the Rapper, he's rapping, many men wish death upon me, blood in my eye, dog, and I can't see. I'm trying to be what I'm best in the beat. And, and he says, and niggas trying to take my life away. Dr. Michael Eric Dyson, the political economy of the ghetto is so rife with arguments through the barrel of a gun. Their homeboys are getting shot. Their homeboys getting shot at. Their homeboys trying to shoot somebody. Their homeboys wanting to shoot somebody. So the gun becomes the outlet for the aggression and the rage that young black and brown men feel. Dr. James Patterson. Just drop the image of Public Enemy's logo where you have a black male figure in a scope in the sights of a gun. And there's a way in which that is what we are navigating as black men in the inner city. Kevin Powell. People got to understand that hip hop was really created in the ghettos. Poor black Americans, poor West Indians, and poor, and poor Puerto Ricans. Places like the South Bronx, you know, the West Bronx, where Bambada and Herc and these folks are throwing parties, they were considered like war zones. Fire and hurt. Beginning in 1946 and in 1963, the construction of the Cross Bronx Expressway ripped the Bronx in half. Urban planners and developers led by Robert Moses showed little concern for the people who lived in the borough and displaced thousands of residents and small business owners, leaving in its wake a poor devastated community with little outside help from politicians. Kevin Powell, you talk about Iraq, but if you've never been to a hardcore Black ghetto or Latino ghetto and seen the condition that people have to live in, the mainstream media would call it Fort Apache. You know what I'm saying? 
people are terrified of going to the Bronx. Might go in, but you're not going to come out. They called it the Bronx Zoo. The Bronx Zoo became a metaphor for the whole borough. That's horrible because they're talking about Black and Latino people. All that fed into it was becoming hip-hop. Dr. James Patterson, the culture and the energy that came from that was very improvisational energy, a very sort of reclaiming energy that young folks through dance, through rapping and DJ, so on and so forth, that is how the culture took hold. It was a willed response to systematic violence in the community. And when I say violence, I mean like destroying homes. Imagine somebody putting a highway through your neighborhood, then you can understand hip hop, Byron Hurt. I decided to go to the Bronx, the birthplace of hip hop. I talked to the reigning king of the boogie down, Fat Joe. I wanted to ask Fat Joe, why is it so important to be hard in hip hop? Fat Joe the rapper says, it is to be hard. Everybody wants to be hard. This is one of the things I told you are the flaws in being from the hood. Everybody wants to be hard. You know what I'm saying? And it's like that. Forget Fat Joe because you see other people just grab the mic microphone and they transform into a whole different person. And when they're walking around the club, nightclub, I'm wondering why we can't just walk around and smile at each other. We're all there to do the same thing, have a nice time, party, get drunk, and enjoy the music. But we're all looking at everybody like he demonstrated in the documentary, a meme mug, okay? And this be writers, journalists like you, you know, it would be good people working who be in the club like it's, I didn't say proper English, but of course, it's something. I don't even know. I can't answer that. Dr. Jelani Cobb. The reason why braggadocio and boast is so central to the history of hip-hop is because you're dealing with the history of Black men in America. There's a whole lineage of Black men wanting to deny their own frailties, so, and so in some ways you have to do that, like a psychic armor to walk out into the world every day. But the other side of it is this running inside joke that everybody knows you know that is not the case. I don't call um, that an inside joke. It shouldn't even be a running inside joke because self-cruelty and cruelty to others, there's no comedy in that at all. Buster Rhymes, this is, he's talking about the rappers, Buster Rhymes talking about the mindset of people that grew up in that warped masculinity Uh, entrenched indoctrination. You do a motherfucking hardcore pose, homie. You know what I'm saying? Be tough. Photographer. Most. Leaning this way a little more. Buster Rhymes. Gun position. Everything. Because we gangsters, son. We hustlers and all that shit. We duct tape families, dude. Now, in the documentary, that was his way of making fun of the warped masculinity. Personally, I would have said it without the comedy. Um, and that's just me. Byron Hurt. At a recording session in New York City, I met up with Buster Rhymes, most deaf, Talib calling De La Soul. I told them about the young rappers I had met back in Daytona, and we discussed why so many rappers project an image of toughness and vulnerability in hip-hop. Most deaf, the rapper. I think it's just a part of every man's life. Every male want respect, you know. You don't want nobody taking you for short, and that's what it be. Talib Kweli, hip-hop is a very ego-driven thing, you know. It encourages you to assert yourself as a man, especially a black man in this society. You have to learn how to do that. 
most definitely. That's what he says. I was a nerd. I was a fucking bookworm around that way. But when shit got critical, you know, you can't be no punk. I know how a lot of young black men is growing up, but I grew up. You gotta be a limit. You gotta let, that's what he says, you gotta let niggas know, like, yo, I'm no pussy. We will get tested. Buster Ryan says, I was from East Flash Bush. I was from East Flash Bush, Brooklyn. I thought Long Island was soft. My mom told me we had to go. I was vexed. Let's look at what vexed means. Irritated, distressed, or annoyed. I ain't even gonna front. I go, I got to Long Island. I saw flower beds and shit. The newspaper boy in the morning. I saw a dew on the grass when I came outside. And Buster Rogers is what he said. Shit, I ain't even seen in BK, nigga. You know what I'm saying? That type of shit was a lot more intimate than Brooklyn. But the end of the day, I just felt like this would dilute my rough and tough edge and shit. Conrad Tiller, he's a preacher. So it's interesting for me to say this. Conrad Tiller is a preacher. We're playing a role from the time we're seven years old. We walk down the street in the neighborhood and somebody calls us a sissy, a sucker, church boy. We start playing that role. When I see young fathers with their children, I'm always happy. When I see them punch their child in the chest and say, this is what a lot of do say to their, their sons, nigga, you gotta be ready for this. DMX, the late rapper DMX is rapping, the streets, the cops, the system, harassment, the options, get shot, go to jail and get your ass kicked. The lawyers, the part, they're all of the puzzle. Release, the warning, try not to get in trouble. Chuck Creekmer, I just think in general, our society limits the range in which men can express their emotions. Rapper and background, I ain't never scared. I ain't never scared. We just have to have a game face on all the time. Like, you can't cry in front of your boy. You just can't do it. Jackson Katz. If you're a young man growing up, if you're a young man growing up in this culture, and the culture is telling you that being a man means being powerful, being dominant, being in control, having respect of your peers, but you don't have a lot of real power, one thing you do have access to is your body and your ability to present yourself, yourself physically to somebody who's worthy of respect. And I think that's one of the things that account for a lot of the hyper-masculine posturing by a lot of young men of color, and a lot of working-class white guys as well. Men who have more power, men who have financial power and workplace authority and forms of abstract power like that don't have to be as physically powerful because they can exert their power in other ways. Kevin Powell, the hardness that you're talking about was accelerated as the stuff that was happening during the Reagan-Bush era was taking place. The whole crack thing, proliferation of guns, a lot of us going to prison, it got to be harder than the context of prison. A lot of the mentalities that you see come out of these forced environments, the gang environment, the prison environment. Sooner or later, all that stuff that we saw happening on the streets was going to begin to be reflected in the music and the culture. MC Battle Announcer, link to Link Entertainment, straight from New York, Harlem. MC Battle Rapper, number one, rapping. This, again, this is all in the transcript. I'm not saying this off the top. I'm actually reading and commenting. That's all I'm doing. 
rapping, yo, I'm living the life and I'm loving every bit of it. And he says, y'all niggas started, but we gonna finish it. Mac with extended clips, clap at the innocent, clap at the bystanders, clap at the witnesses. You can always find me flipping bricks in the kitchen and my connects so real, I get it in prison. Told money to fall back, but the kid would listen. Where that nigga at now? Swimming with fishes. So I'm trying to. Okay, brick flipping means buying and selling readily available sneakers are under their cost at retail. Brick comes from the sneaker world where it's used as a derogatory term for any shoe for any shoe considered uncool, but the resale market's not necessarily shorted. Oh, that was that could be another meaning. Flipping bricks in this context means to sell large amounts of cocaine. Okay. So let me get back. MC Battle Rapper number two rapping. Where are you from, Harlem Streets, dog? I'm from the FL. I'll punch you in your fucking brain and make your whole shit swell. I'll spit you out like fucking white meat. Ain't got much street, come on. Then Chuck D, the dominant image of black masculinity in hip hop is the fact that somebody could be confrontational, but confrontational with the wrong cat. It's like they're not even confrontational with the cats that will claim I'll wipe your whole neighborhood out. Because it's almost like they're trained not to even see them. It's like my beef is with this cat right here that looks just like me. The rise of the culture of black animosity is something that adds to the street credibility factor. It's like almost to the point where Tupac and Biggie were used as martyrs for this new endorsement of black animosity. Byron Hurt. I asked rapper Jadakiss about his other rappers' nonchalance about violent hip hop lyrics. So Jadakiss, sometimes. When I am listening to you, it seems like it doesn't matter. It sounds desensitized to violence. You talk about killing brothers like it ain't nothing. Not just you, but a lot of brothers. Jadakiss, do you watch movies? What kind of movies do you watch? Byron Hurt, good question. If you watch Hollywood movies, you see the same kind of violence, the same kind of hyper-masculine violence perpetuated in movie after movie after movie. In sports culture, video games, military culture, America is a very hyper-masculine, hyper-aggressive nation. George Bush, we're going to smoke him out, former president of the United States. Byron Hurt, so it stands to reason that a rapper like 50 Cent can be commercially viable in a nation that supports a culture of violence. Kevin Powell, we live in a society where manhood is all about conquering and violence all the time, but we don't realize that kind of definition of manhood ultimately destroys you. This is the late rapper, the notorious B.I.G. Baby Smalls, Christopher Wallace. He's rapping, and it's tough for me to say this. Niggas in my fraction don't like asking questions. Strictly gun testing, coke measuring, giving pleasure in the benzino, hitting fannies, spending chips at Manny's. Hope you creeps got receipts. My peeps get dirty like cleats. Run up in your bed, wrap you in your polo sheets. Nigga, de nigga deceased. Moi, may you rest in peace. Moi, like that. You're nobody till somebody kills you. You're nobody till somebody kills you. Conrad Tiller. We as a community have to challenge this notion that it's okay for black males to die early, that this is a natural part of life, killing, shooting, dying, wearing bulletproof vests, 
talking crazy so your life doesn't really mean anything. This is sickness. This killing is always there since the beginning of time. A lot of it is exaggerated, but it's, but it's based on a true story, I guess. I don't know what it is. That's the rapper changes. Chuck D. The national story is Black Death, whether it's through film, whether it's through recordings, whether it's just through news, is the bottom line in the Black, no pun intended, moneymaker. Black Death has been pimped by corporations. Young people think that the street credibility is the thing that will ride them to some profitability in life. Shut up and give me your bone marrow. It gets, it gets rougher. Um, Byron Hurt, this is Nelly. He's a multi-platinum rap artist and a successful businessman. A huge rap star who's always known for giving back to the community. His two nonprofit organizations promote literacy and locate bone marrow donors for leukemia patients. Oh, and by the way, did I forget to mention that he also owns a beverage called Pimp Juice? Well, anyway, in the spring of 2004, Nelly wanted to go to Spelman College to help save some lives. Instead, he was met with resistance by the women of Spelman. I went down to Atlanta to find out what happened. Newscast number one, News at 10. A, a controversy surrounding rap artist Nelly led to an emotional meeting at Spelman College tonight. The discussion focused on hip-hop videos and how they portray women. Newscaster number two. The St. Louis-based rapper decided not to appear at a Born Merrill Drive and Foundation organized Spelman after some students threatened to protest because of an explicit video called Tip Drill. In the video, Nelly is seen swiping his credit card down a woman's backside, meaning her butt. Asha Jennings, Asha Jennings, I was very, very bothered to say the least about the video. Now I was in moral conflict on whether or not to cancel the drive since I was the coordinator. I, if, if Justin just invite Nelly, Lauren Clark, we decided that what we'll do is that we can have the bone marrow and he can come for that. But then after the bone marrow, we need to have a forum that addresses these issues. Asha Jennings, we gave Nelly and his foundation the option to address both issues, saving lives physically and saving lives mentally, and they pulled out, so I was very disappointed. Dr. Jelani Cobb, for them to say we want to come to your campus and have a bone marrow drive, but we don't want to hear your opinions about the music that we produce, the image that we're proliferating, it's like the equivalent of saying, just shut up and get me your bone marrow. This is Nelly rapping, okay? This is... This transcript is rough as hell. Oh God. I whew. Whew. To be honest, I fucking hate it. But whew. All right. This is Nelly rapping. I said it must be your ass because it ain't your face. I need a tip drill. I need a tip drill. Dr. Jelani Cobb. One of the disappointing things about tip drill and the whole genre of music videos is that they have taken a view of women of color that is not radically different from the views of 19th century white slave owners, 1800s. Sarah Jones, the image of scantily clad women is supposed to affirm some image of masculinity. The man as the Mac, as this sexually powerful viral example of manhood, but in actuality, what they show themselves to be is incredibly insecure. The idea is that, the idea is, this man is so important, so powerful, and these women conversely are so dime a dozen, or I guess a dime for two dozen, if there are 24 women standing around that they don't matter, they're just eye candy, they're worthless. Mikhail Moore, or Mikhail Moore, I'm torn to be honest because I have to be real with the way that I've been socialized as a man 
and what my initial reaction is to quote unquote tech drill in another video. To look at these images, be excited by this image, to be look to look at these images, be excited by these images, be turned on by these images, etc. Dr. Sat Shali. Dr. Sat Dr. Shali. Hip-hop culture is not separate from the rest of American culture. Objectified female bodies, those images are anywhere. These it, I'm sorry, Dr. Sashali. Hip-hop culture is not separate from the rest of American culture. Objectified female bodies, those images are everywhere as well. Those images are in advertising. Those images are in movies. Those images are in TV programs. The really negative thing about music videos and about advertising is that this is the only way in which women are presented. So the only way in which men are allowed to make a connection to popular culture with women is through sexuality, and it's only through their own desires. This is rough. This is rough again. This is a rapper, Lloyd Banks. He said, I hate this. I really hate this. So cut the games, Ma. Let's go in the back. Matter of fact, turn your ass around. Back a nigga down. <sighs> Dr. Beverly Guy Shethal. I think black men have internalized the messages that this culture perpetuates, which is that women are primarily sex objects and people to be fucked. I think that is that kind of message and those kind of images that we want to try to disrupt. Byron Hurt, I caught up with hip hop mogul Russell Simmons at this hip hop summit in Detroit and asked him about the Spelman controversy. To Russell, I went down to Spelman College when the women at Spelman were protesting against Nellie's tip drill uh, video. Russell Simmons, I tried the temperatures and thought it tasted very good. What a shitty statement to make. Byron Hurt, how do you respond to the women at Spellman who are speaking up and who are challenging the images in rap music videos where women are being sexually objectified and all those different things? Russell Simmons, I think we have to challenge sexism the way it stands in the community, not poetry as a reflection of it. Byron Hurt. What are you doing personally as a political force? Russell Simmons, Russell Simmons, I can only do as many things that God has given me great opportunity to do. I can't address every issue because I don't have the equipment. I'm trying to figure out what special contributions I can make and make those. What a cowardly statement. You don't know anybody with daughters? I mean, he, you have, he has daughters himself. Dr. Beverly Guy Sheftall, generally speaking, Black people do not believe that misogyny and sexism and violence against women are urgent issues. We still think that racism, police brutality, Black male incarceration are the issues that we should be concerned about. It's, I think, misogyny, sexism, violence against women, racism, police brutality, Black male incarceration should be the urgent issues that we all should be concerned about equally. Again, as Black people, we should have misogyny, sexism, violence against women, racism, police brutality, and Black male incarceration, Black female incarceration as the urgent 
issues that we should all be caring about equally. Dr. Michael Eric Dyson, if we have a glorified sense of our own victimization as black and brown men, what we must not miss, what we often do, is to understand that black and brown, black and brown women themselves are so victimized. <coughs> Sorry for the sneeze, I coughed in my elbow. Let me repeat that again. Dr. Michael Eric Dyson, if we have a glorified sense of our own victimization as black and brown men, what we must not miss, what we often do, is to understand that black and brown women themselves are so victimized, not only by white patriarchy, but by black male supremacy and by the violence of masculinity and by the violence of masculinity that is directed toward them. Dr. Beverly Guy Sheftall, it is true that these women appear not to be resistant. What I would hope, however, is that these women understand the extent of which they are participating in a culture which commodifies women sexually. Oh God, I hate this. I, I fucking hate this. I hate this. I hate this. This this section of the column is called Sisters and Bitches. Byron Hurt. Back at BT Spring Bling in Daytona Beach, Florida, I ran into this young cat, 18-year-old Jay Hood. Jay Hood, my goal down here is to have fun and to get up on some of these girls. Women are not girls, and girls are not women. You can be a gentleman and respect women. That is not contradictory to masculinity. That is the very heart of masculinity. That's me saying off the top of my head. Byron Hurt, do you have any problem with rappers calling women bitches or not? The whole stuff like that, Jay Hood. Now, because to tell you the truth, some women is bitches. You got to realize they got your sisters, but then the bitches. Okay, pause, pause, pause. Do I have problems with women being called out of their names due to perpetuated misogyny? Yes. Absolutely, I have a problem with that. And he and Jay Hood should have a problem with that. Don't you have a mama? Don't you got sisters? What if you had a daughter? Byron Hurt, are you saying they're bitches? What makes them bitches? I hate this. I really hate this. Jay Hood, they're bitches because you see how they dress. Just look how they dress. Sisters don't dress like that. Look at that ass. I might go over there and smack it. I'm like, okay, this is rape culture. This is the dread, the terror that rape culture brings. Just because a woman dresses a certain way, that doesn't mean call her out of her name. And just because a woman dresses dress a certain way, that gives nobody any right to disrespect her. There's never a right to disrespect women. There's never a right to disrespect women. And he's feeding into rape apologist culture. I hate that culture too, 100%. I despise that culture because I respect people whether they respect themselves or not. And 
I, just because you're dressed in a revealing way, I'm not going to sex crime. And I don't say that to be funny. I'm not going to sex crime. And even if you're never dressed in a revealing way, I'm not going to sex crime. I don't sex crime under any circumstance. I don't violent crime under any circumstance, whether she looks a certain way or looks a different certain way, either way she looks, I'm not going to violent crime her. I don't violent crime at all. I don't sex crime at all. And, and to get up with some of them, like, no, that's not the thing to have fun. It's one thing to meet people naturally genuinely and then naturally genuinely a type of intimacy is present that's one thing the goal is to enjoy your life to be a decent person and to have what is appropriate with whoever whatever whoever you have right what i'm sorry for saying it wrong it's one thing to have fun that hurts nobody not even yourself not even anybody else and you meet people and attractions do happen, so if you're natural and genuine and harmless, that's fine. But to purposely just, I'm gonna go have fun, even if that means dishonoring the ladies, and I ain't seeming it, but calling the names that harms the lady within the lady, the young girl within the lady too, that's a fucked up definition of fun. I just got to say it. Byron Hurt. I called the women over to see what they had to say about being called bitches and hoes because of what they were wearing. Person number nine. We are some classy women. Just because we want to enjoy the weather and have on some nice shirts and nice bras, just like a panty and bra set. Byron Hurt. Do you feel like men's sex objectify you? Person 10. That's a man for you, though. That's bullshit. I'm a man. I don't sexually objectify women. I don't sexually objectify anybody. That is a terrible, horrible definition of a man. That's not a man. And I don't even call that a boy because that's disrespectful to boys. I call that a monster. That whoever sexually objectifies they are monsters. They are vampires. That's what I call them. They're devils. That's what I call them. Byron Hurts, so you don't have a problem with the men who objectify you at all? Person of opinion. That's a personal problem in themselves. That's their pain. That's their problem. No, no, ladies, no, no, no. You're not supposed to be treated that way outwardly, and you're not supposed to be conceptualized that way mentally either. It's all completely dead wrong. They have turned to you in their heart, so they're going to show it out to you in their hands, feet, and the genitalia. It's all sickness. It's all narcissism. Byron Hurt, the dude that we just interviewed, said that those women that were walking around in their bathing suits, whatever, he was saying 
Those women are bitches. Those women are hoes. They deserve to be talked to like that. How do you feel about these women right here? You feel like they are presenting themselves like they hoes? Verse number 11, no, because I'm just, you know, I don't know. I look at it as they're showing off their women's features. Okay, this is how I feel. When I'm saying, okay, I'm not approving of any of this. I'm disproving of all of this. They do not, women do not deserve to be talked to disrespectfully. Women are not bitches. Women are not hoes. <sighs> Oh, oh man. True. Oh God. Oh, I'm like, focus on her spirit and much focus on her spirit instead of dwelling on her figure. Just, oh God. Person number person number 12, you got on the uniform, what would be considered is loose. So a woman can't be physically attractive without demeaning her character. Society is fucked up. Purse number 11, could we bring them over here? Byron Hurt, you want to bring them over here? Person number 12, bring them over here. Person number 11, hey ladies, Byron Hurt. How do you all feel about the images of Women in rap music and hip hop. Person number 13, well, it's not really directed towards you personally. It's just what they say. It is sex sales. If you don't take offense to it, then hey. Uh, wait, okay, okay. I have a problem with this. They see you as an auction block and you don't even understand how disdainful, dis disdainful that is. They're auction blocking you and you're accepting that. That causes anguish in my heart. Byron Hurt, what about what what about when they use terms like bitches and hoes? For example, 13, but I know he's not talking about me. I know what I am. Female misogyny causes angst in my soul. NWA music video, this is what they're saying. Let's describe a certain female having a view of NWA. A bitch is a bitch. I'm in pain right now. Byron Hurt. Man was open season on these women. BT Spring Bling looked more like one of their music videos gone wild. The women bought into their roles as scantily, I'm sorry, the women bought into their roles as scantily clad sex kids and the men acted out their wildest fantasy shooting directly in their own hip hop videos. They're, in the documentary, they're pulling up women's skirts and shoving the cameras up them and pulling women's dresses and filming them without their permission and their accepting of it. The guys saw spring break weekend as an opportunity to cross the line between flirtation and sexual assault. It's funny when I hear women say, it's not funny, it's not funny at all. These women are calling, these rap, I'm sorry, 
He says it's funny when he when he hears women say again, it's not funny at all. These rappers are calling women bitches and hoes. They're not talking about me, but it's like, yo, they are talking about you. If George Bush was to get on national TV and make a speech and he started calling black people niggers, would you be like, I don't know who George Bush is talking about, but he ain't talking about me. Person number 14. Oh. God. God. Oh. I hate this. Person number 14, when, when they're coming out there with their ass showing, we're going to slap them on the ass. That's just the way it is. Know what I'm saying? We have failed our boys and guys in the world. We have failed the boys and guys in the world. We failed them miserably. Person number 15, we represent all the niggas from J. Real Florida trying to get up on these hoes, slapping their on ass, nothing representing that fine sorority ass. That's what I'm talking about. How many people should be prosecuted for the fullest extent of the law? Like those two people. It's hard for me to call them people because they're the demonic realm inhabiting human flesh. They should be prosecuted and they should get counseling in jail. They should get um, mental health treatments in jail. They should get educational training sensitivity sensitivity training in jail. They should get ref there should be reformation programs for these for them in jail. This is why I'm so protective of women and girls. You don't have to be my biological for me to treat you as my biological system about women and girls. But and and in the documentary they're touching women groping women and some women are fighting back and giving them the I wish you fucking would stare and resisting them. Byron Hurt, I heard you saying you were going to hit somebody with the pocket, but person number 16, no, I was going to hit somebody with my fist. If she hit them with her fist and her pocketbook, I would be okay with that because it's self-defense. And it's sad that we put women and girls in self-defense situations. Person number 16, yes. Byron Hurt, why? What's happening? Person 16, well, I'm being touched and it's unwarranted and unwelcome. Byron Hurt, some people say it's just boys being boys. But I think it has a lot to do with boys figuring out early that girls are there for us to sexual objectify or to be our playthings. So wait a minute. So that's why women are seen as people worthy to sexual objectify and being our playthings. I feel depressed. 
I feel depressed because we have failed girls and women. We have failed girls and women miserably. Person number, person number 17, oh Jesus, oh Lord, get this motherfucker off me because she was being um, groped and touched creepily. Byron Hurt, I've been doing a lot of walking around and videotaping, things like that, and a lot of the women are having a real hard time moving through the crowd. Police officer, yeah, that's one of our biggest problems. As you can see, we're spread kind of thin. We can't be everywhere, so our concern is that somebody's going to be accosted out here. We don't want anyone, we don't want any, we don't want anybody to get hurt or raped, anything like that. Byron Hurt, have you made any arrests, police officer? Not so far this week, and it's been good. Person number 18, they nasty. I've been molested. They nasty. Person number 19, the other guy tried to take my whole shirt off. What the fuck? Police officer number two, how y'all doing? The, the law enforcement has failed miserably. This All this hypocrisy, this nonchalance, acceptance of pure evil is just Pissing me the fuck off, quite frankly. And you didn't arrest any of these people, any of these, any of these snakes. You're flipping the birdie at women and girls, and you're flipping the birdie at opportunities to help boys be healthy men? That is fucking unacceptable to me. Jadakiss, this shit is entertainment. No, the fuck it's not. Humanization is never entertainment. If it was so bad like that, Snoop wouldn't have no fans like that. No, those fans are being brainwashed, and they should be outraged about that. Snoop has been talking that bitches ain't shit shit since the beginning of time. Shouldn't have done that. Period. Barbarity should never be okay. Barbarity in word is never okay. Barbarity in thought is never okay. Barbarity in emotion is never okay. And barbarity indeed is never okay. They want to hear that. They're the main ones out there. They shouldn't want to hear that. You should never want to consume world domination in any kind of manner. NDMA music video voiceover. I hate this. There you have it. The description of a bitch. Now you ask yourself, are they talking about you? Are you that funky, dirty, money hungry, scandalous, stuck up, hair piece contact wearing bitch? Yep, you probably are. The person laughed. I'm struggling with words. I'm struggling. I have speechlessness because. There's just no words to describe the hostility I have towards 
mistreatment and maltreatment. Byron Hurt, being in Daytona really made me realize how desensitized we have become to the sexism and misogyny and sexual gentrification of women in hip hop culture. Person number 20, hip hop is about drugs and hoes. Person number 21, where the hoes at, voiceover bitch? Okay, this is how I feel. Hip hop is not about drugs and hoes because you're flipping the birdie at conscious rappers and you're flipping the birdie at political rappers and flipping the birdie at rappers talking about meeting people and having innocent fun with the people we meet, like Summertime by Will Smith. Where the hell is that? I'm like, wait a minute. So you, you dismiss women, but you use them for your toxic masculinity, obsessive compulsive disorder. Hypocrites, hypocrites. Then this concept called bitch niggas. Um, Byron Hurt, you know what I think is deep? Just the fact that you hear so many brothers calling other brothers bitches, bitch ass niggas hoes. You know, all these things that you hear all the time in hip hop, you hear it all the time and it goes unrecognized and unchecked because it's so normalized. It's amazing that we haven't really talked about it more because to me, that's just as pervasive as the misogyny. At the, at the Summer Jam concert, 50 Cent questioned Ja Rule's manhood in front of thousands. Announcer of 50 Cent's public service announcement. And now a public service announcement for those who may be confused courtesy of the G unit. So they showed a video of Ja Rule crying um, 50 Cent, ladies and gentlemen, it's been brought to my attention that you guys don't know what bitch ass niggas look like. Take a look, take a look at this image of Jaru crying appears again. I know that's not hip hop. You know that's not hip hop. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And the next time you're flipping through your radio or your TV, you know how to identify a bitch ass nigga. Dr. Michael Dyson, when one looks at the contemporary landscape of hip hop, one sees the feminizing assault on masculinity by other men so that the greatest insult that a man might imagine for another man is to assume that he is less than a man and to assign him the very derogatory terms that one usually associates with women. Sarah Jones, in the rest of our culture, when men want to call other men something that is really going to degrade them, they call them a sissy, they call them a punk, they call them all these kinds of names. That's outside of hip hop, that's everywhere. Arnold Schwarzenegger, and to those critics who are so pessimistic about our, about our economy, I say don't be economic girly men. Dr. Michael Dyson, the insult is double. It's both, an, it's both an assault on women, but it's also reinforcement of a negative and vicious form, a malicious form, if you will, of masculine identity. It's okay for boys to cry. It's okay for men to cry. It's okay for boys and men to be fully human. That should be respected. And it's also okay for women to cry. It's also okay for girls to cry. It's also okay 
for girls and women to be fully human and for that to be respected as well. Kevin Powell. Man, unfortunately, I was one of those cats that used to do that to brothers. You know what I mean? I, I'll just be real with you. It was a false sense of power. It was a way of making someone else feel powerless. Dr. Jelani Cobb. It's calling your manhood into question. It's calling your sexuality into question. It's saying if you're not this, you must therefore be gay. Must be a, and they'll use the term <sighs> faggot to the great gay people. So it's also an insult on LGBTQI plus people because they use that word to, uh, to insult uh, the LGBTQI plus community. So the LGBTQI plus community, women and men, boys and girls, members of the plus community, as children, they're all, they're all being assaulted and insulted. There's malice to all those communities. There's reinforcements of negativity and viciousness to all those communities as well in the forms of those exact derogatory terms. They say, Dr. Johnny Cobb, you must be a bitch and it's all those things. Fire and hurt. What does that mean? What does that say about us? Could it really be saying that we may be insecure about our masculinity? Yes. I ran into these three hip hop heads back in Daytona Beach addressing interviews. And let me just ask a question. This is out of curiosity and probably naivety and ignorance. What do you classify yourself as? Are you women? Are you men? Person number 22. On a regular day to day, I'm just a regular guy. But every now and then, I do dress up in women's clothes. I like to wear women's clothes because I look good in them. Byron Hurt, how do you feel about homophobia and rap lyrics? Does that bother you at all? Does that make you feel any particular way? Person number 23, it turns me on. That. Okay, I'm going to use the dictionary because the dictionary can help me to better express how I'm feeling. I'm fucking pissed. This, the human discarding never turns me on. Person number 24, no, not me. Thank you, person number 24. Fire hurt. You said it turns you on. Why does it turn you on, person number 23? It's so aggressive. So being relinquished is a turn on for you. And so you like to be distressed in that way. Sick. Person number 24, they shouldn't be doing that. We are some of the people who support the music, buy the music, go to the concert, everything we do. Thank you again, person number 24. Byron Hurt, I'm dealing with homophobia and hip-hop, homophobic lyrics, things like that. Bust around. I can't partake in the conversation homes that I'm like. So. So dooming human beings. So there's doom and gloom happening to human beings, and you can't hold a conversation about that. That's shittiness. And then he has the nerve to say that homo shit. Like, what's the word for that? I'm looking at the dictionary. You are promoting hopelessness by engaging in homophobia yourself, Buster. 
Is that what you're talking about? I can't even talk to you about that. Buster Rhymes, why not? Buster Rhymes, I mean, with all due respect, I'm not trying to offend nobody. It, it's my culture. What I represent culturally doesn't condone homosexuality whatsoever. So human rights abuses are not worth conversing about. So all these human rights abuses and all these human rights atrocities and all these human rights assaults that I just talked about, including what's being talked about right now, and you can't show compassionate masculinity, compassionate humanity. That is assholeism. Byron Hurt, let me just ask you this, Buster. Do you think that a gay rapper would be accepted into, in hip hop culture? Buster Rob singing, say the word or we're gone. Okay, let me use the dictionary again. I'm actually struggling to talk right now. So avoiding human beings being thrown overboard is how you define maleness justice and human justice. Incompetence is the best word I can say right now. Kevin Powell, I've never even seen straight black men in large numbers even to even try to have conversation with gay brothers. I know folks have done it one-on-one. -on -one. I've done it one-on-one, -on -one, but I don't really see that happening, man, because I think part of the illness falls on straight men to really want to begin the process of how we define manhood. I want to say on record, I, 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 I am in 100% appreciation of gender and sexual diversity. Uh, I am for trans rights 100%. I fully support the transgender community. I see the transgender community as my friends and my family. I see LGBTQ plus people as my friends and my family, right? I really do. I see the entire human diversity as my friends and my family. I fully support the entire human diversity. Obviously, I oppose cruel people and cruelty, but the majority of the walks of life, I fully support. I fully support humane humans. Tim and Wes at a concert in San Francisco. It took a while for some of us to come out. We were in the corner being like, what's up, guy? You know, I'm cool, but I'm not down with that. And like 10 years later, we're like, hey, I'm gay. Tim and Wes, I started rhyming and I came out like around the same time. And it was in that situation that I became so much more aware of how homophobic hip hop was. Here I am, a black man trying to love myself in spite of the fact that I've accepted myself as gay along with the fact that I've accepted myself is gay. Wait a minute. Here I am, black man trying to love myself. Here I am, a black man trying to love myself in spite of the fact that I've accepted myself is gay, 
along with the fact that I've accepted myself as gay. I only read that again because sometimes I get tongue-tied when I read. And when you do that, there's not a lot of love for gays in hip-hop. I mean, we know that from the beginning through now. But I heard Tim and him talked about the irony between homophobia and a rarely discussed issue in hip-hop, Tim and West. It's a real ironic sort of thing in hip-hop that is such a homophobic culture oftentimes, and yet it's so completely homo- homoerotic. You know, when LL Kuja has his shirt off and he's licking his lips, it's not just women looking at that, you know, it's guys too. I'm looking for my 50 cent picture. There is some awareness of the homoeroticism, but people are, aren't really willing to confront it. People, I'll say this, toxic masculinity folks, a lot of them are secretly gay because if you're always obsessed with people flirting with you, especially other dudes, then you are saying that you are gay, that that's exactly what you're saying. Byron Hurt. I'm on my way to Vibe Magazine to interview the editor of Vibe. I'm going to talk to him about homoeroticism in rap music and hip hop culture. Not too many brothers talk about homoeroticism in rap music, so we'll see how it goes. To Emma Wilbekin, could you just elaborate a little bit about exactly what homoeroticism looks like? Emma Wilbekin. Homoeroticism in media looks like LL Cool J with no shirt on in his music video with a big tin belt buckle standing there flexed all greased up staring at you. And Sean Blackman strong, naked, greased up, and has these really godlike objects. And they're everywhere. They're on magazine covers. You see Nelly on the cover of Vibe with no shirt. You see 50 Cent on the cover of Vibe with no shirt. And a lot of it is taken from the cultures in prison where everyone is tatted up. They don't have bells, so their pants are falling down. These are all the type of things that are very homoerotic, but they're also very masculine, considered very thug in our culture. I also want to say this in prison. When your pants are sagging, hanging down, that's considered in prison culture invitation to homoeroticism and same-sex intercourse. Or in other cases, it's I'm going to sex crime. Now, I want to say this. Gay and homosexual and ally are not the same thing. But this is what I learned from prison culture. Sagging means two things. It's um, for some inmates, it's consensual. For other inmates, it's not consensual. Um, either way, um, I'm just struggling with lost words. Either way, that's just what is occurring in prison culture. Is what I'm saying from what I know based upon um, my own research. And again, LGBTQI plus and sex crimes are never the same thing. Don't ever put them the same. Dr. Michael Eric Dyson. Saturated or not, men speak about their sexual conquest. 
me and my boy hit it. Me and my boy did her. Me and my boy did this. So there's a lot of me and my boy up in there. Not much about the woman, but me and my boy. And use a dictionary again. Casting away women, casting away girls, casting away boys, casting away men. Casting away the LGBTQ plus community is it's pollution of the person it's this part all these persecutions have been because i'm struggling with words i'm trying to still speak how i feel as best i can nelly rapper nelly's rapping i said it ain't no fun unless we all get some we need a tip drill need a tip drill you, you, you need charm school you need therapy you need life coaching you need a recovery center. You need counselors. You need psychiatry. Dr. Michael Dyson, now they would deny that these heterosexual rappers that there's any intent to form a union erotically, but one can help but conclude that in the passion to these women, only if my boys can have them. It ain't no fun if the homies can't have none, Snoop said. All of that is directed towards an erotic intensity that bonds men at the expense of their heterosexual allegiances and females. So to me, all of those ways prove that there is deep and profound homoeroticism in hip hop culture. Real men don't bond with each other at the expense of oppressive oppression towards females, right? Real men don't bond together at the expense of their mutual oppression towards females no 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 no. fire hurt now do you get a lot of attention from guys person number 24 yes every day fire hurt how much attention from guys person number 25 a lot fire and hurt you've been getting a lot of attention person number 25 oh yeah we stepped out of the car he was like whoa you have guys that come and they be like meet me around the corner and do it on a dl and i love it i'm just stunned and devastated those are the only words I can think of. I'm just stunned and devastated at the phoniness of some people. I'm acting hard, right? Because I'm because being homophobic makes me real mad, which is bullshit. But I'm going to be privately gay. I'm like. This is why we have to make it cool to be openly gay without human rights abuses and with genuine support. We have to make it okay to be openly LGBTQI plus without human rights abuses and with with genuine support. Person number 26, yo faggots, man. Oh God. We have to stop harassing people we have to stop debasing people byron hurt it's a lot of hardcore thugged out pat those are the types of dudes person he asked that in the question 
First number 17, that's all we messed with. It's just a big front in front of their boys. That needs to be known worldwide. First number 27, hey, get that shit off me, yo. First number 28, yo, we ain't with that gay shit. Wow. That is ill-treating. That is malevolent. I'm, look, all the words I can think of right now, I'm, I'm, I'm detecting misuse, debasement, degradation, desecration, injury, damage, harm, hurt, wrong, injustice, insult, mistreatment, violation, malevolence, mishandling, mismanagement, pollution, devilement, perversion, and the auction block treatment of of males, of females, of the LGBT plus community, and the black community. Byron Hurt, I mean, manhood in a bottle, Chuck D, black manhood, by the, by the structure of powers that be the corporation, they found a way that they think they can put soul in a bottle. If they could put soul in a bottle, then they could put manhood in a bottle and then show the bottle in advertising. We follow the crumbs of the big bat wolf. Byron Hurt. I decided to follow the crumbs and ended up here at this hip hop power summit held in New York City. The summit was hosted by Power 105.1 FM, a radio station owned by Media Powerhouse Clear Channel Communications. There were hundreds of young black men and women here seeking pointers from hip hop moguls like Russell Simmons, Herb Gotti, and BT executive Stephen Hill. Outside were dozens of aspiring rap artists handing out CDs and demos, hoping to get attention from anyone who would listen. Verse number 25, outside the power summit, rapping. These niggas don't know who I am. It's crack. The drug dealer, car dealer, what's the deal? I'm the dealer, man. I could deal your hand milligrams to kilograms. Where I'm from Cypress Hill, how could I just, how could I just kill a man? <sighs> All I'm hearing is corruption. First number 30 outside the power summit. Rapping. Call me nice when I'm smoothed out. Even without the dick, how bitches loving to be. Bring beef, got Mac 11s like WB. Got thug rappers that can't get over their rhymes. Some niggas put on their slugs, my guns cocking over time. What I'm detecting is people with their vulgar treatment and vulgar remarks. It's it's inappropriate in obscenity. It really is. Person number 31, outside the power summit, rapping, make hate songs, spit till your face gone. I hate what he said. This person said, life's a bitch, I'm trying to get my rape on.
And anyone who doesn't appreciate you, I am tempted to catch them and bust them upside their heads for you. Then he says, man, I ain't leaving the part of the cake gone. Get your boom pop. Nigga, that thing strong. Person number 30, tell us the power summit. Rapping. Nigga screaming out agony. Because they chicken is after me. Stop with the crying seat. I murder you like Master P. I pack big guns at all you faggots. I ain't nausea. I'm known to bust off. Still mad. Still mad. To the LGBTQ plus community, I am tempted to... Catch people who hurt the plus community and bust them upside their heads too. Anyone who perverts maleness, masculinity, I'm tempted to bust them upside their heads. I really am. Fire and hurt to a crowd outside the power summit. Everywhere I go and I've been shooting this documentary for two years now. Every time I have kids spit for me, it's all about the same thing. It's all about how you're going to kill somebody, how you're going to rape somebody. First time I'm 33, I could walk up to you right and say rapping, yo, I could have been a doctor, I could have been a pops. Wonder what would have happened had I, would have would have been a cop. Would I help the block, protect the good from the bad, or just be killing niggas because the power of my badge? That's nice, but nobody wants to hear that right now. They don't accept that shit. No remorse and no regret for uncivility, for incivility. Tacky and trashy. Fire hurt. Who is they? Person number 34, the industry. Person number 35, these who don't give us deals when we speak righteously and things of that nature. They think we don't want to hear that. Fire hurt. How many cats just stood here in front of me right now and start talking about how much drugs they sold? Know what I'm saying? How did we kill you? Why did we shoot you? Person number 36, they said that how many MCs have you seen in the industry or on TV now talking about something positive? How many? None. They're doing it because they say, I want to get there. They're going to do whatever we, they're going to do whatever we can do to get there. That's what it is. Dr. Mark Anthony Neal. I think that when you talk to a lot of these young rappers, the most important thing is for them to get a record deal. They want to hear from the record companies that there are only certain examples of blackness that we're going to let flow through this space. And when it comes to hip hop, there are certain conventions in which we want to see. We want to see the hardcore thug performing hip hop. We want to see booty shaking in the background. When hip hop videos don't fit into those conventions, they don't get played. Kevin Powell, when I think about what we call the golden era from 1987 to 1992, you had LL Cool J, NWA, Enemy, but you had De La Soul, you had Kwame, you know what I'm saying? So you had a diversity of black male expression. So if you wasn't with Chuck D, you could get with De La Soul if you were Bohemian, if it wasn't with them, you could get with Kwame, you could get with Tribe Called Quest, you could get with Jungle Brothers. There were so many different types. Five heard the current images out there, black and Latino men in hip hop, be like you want your sons to be like that person I'm 37. No. Five hurt, I mean maybe some aspects like the business person I'm 38. You don't see that aspect on TV. They don't see 50 Cent working out a deal with the person at a company. They see 50 Cent on TV with his vest on. They see him with his gat on his waist. That's what they see. The media doesn't want to portray us. I mean, minority people, they don't want you to see that, that we good fathers. 
They don't want you to see that we're good businessmen. We don't just sell drugs. I sold water last summer. Holler, Dr. Mark Anthony Neal. So you see that kind of schizophrenia that emerges among these young men and you get these kind of notion of keep it real. And of course they have to keep it real to sell records. Now, no one's bashing mental illness. They're talking about in this context, what, they should, what he should have said is this kind of dichotomy is the better word to use. But at the same time, when somebody actually pulls a coat and it's like, this isn't really you, what's this about? It's an admission that that's a performance. Person number 39, when self-destruction by Karis one came out, we was all pumping it and loving it. You know what I'm saying? Loving it, loving it. But now you can't go to a label self-destruction. Why? Because you're going to self-destruct. The label's not going to put you out there. They're not going to do it. Karis one rapping, self-destruction, headed for self-destruction, Jaden Piss. Rapper, nobody want to hear that shit no more. It's only 50, come 10. He's killing and shit. He's selling out the roof. He's not got one kind of soothing educational song, none of that. All that, that's violence. It's good music, but it's got a lot of violent content. It's selling like motherfucking hot flowers. Okay. I'm going, this is, uh, oh, God. When I say okay, I'm, what I'm noticing is People are, so many people are scorned, lost, and forgotten. So many people are desolate, destitute, deserted, and desperate. So many people are empty and unused for the good. And some people are out on a limb left in the lurch, wretched, and left holding the bag. Ignorance and inexperience is also what I'm noticing, too. Kevin Powell, the misery that we're beginning to really sell itself in the Reagan-Bush era in the 1980s has been manipulated and commodified by this white male power structure that controls the record labels that control urban radio, because every city you go to in America, there's a power, there's a jam in that, or a hot something playing the same 10 to 12 songs over and over again. So what it does is perpetuate the mindset that the only way you can be a man, a black man, a Latino man is to be hard, to denigrate women, to, de to, de to denigrate the LGBT plus community, to denigrate each other, to kill each other. There's something wrong with that. Originally, he said to denigrate homosexuals, but now it's 2021, so you have to say LGBT plus community. So no. You cannot denigrate women. You cannot denigrate the LGBT plus community. We should not be denigrating each other. We should not be killing each other. There's everything wrong with that, I would say. Black people should not be denigrated. Kill black people. Don't denigrate black people. Don't denigrate Latinos and don't denigrate Latinas. Period. Exclamation point. But I heard the Tyler quality. I talked to some young sum up and coming cats. What I'm going to say is by her I, to Tali Kwali. I've talked to some young up and coming cats. You talk to some of them. Cats that are trying to make it as a rapper. They say that they're not really thugs, but they know that in order for them to be successful in this game, that they got to be thuggish. What do you think about that? Tali Kwali, those are the same cats who are just listening to the radio, just watching TV. They're confused. They don't know. We have trusted the media and the corporation to define what hip hop is. Back in the days when it first came out, ABC did a story on rap. You'd be like, I know that's bullshit. I know it's not true. But now you see it on the news. You see it on BET because they call themselves hip-hop now. 
Now, Hot 97 is a station where hip-hop lives, so we hear that, but we don't understand that it's some corporation owned by people who have nothing to do with hip-hop. They're just trying to cash in. It's like hip-hop lives there. They must know. They must be what rap is now. No, we have never let the media define us, so why are we doing that now? Talib Kweli and Chuck D are 100% correct. Kevin Powell is 100% correct, too. But I, heard, I went to talk to former Def Jam president Carmen M. Hearst Watson about the shift of lyrical content in rap music. Carmen Ashhurst? Ashhurst. Ashhurst. That's her name is Ashhurst. Carmen Ashhurst Watson. Okay. She said, the time when we switched to gangster music was the same time the, la- the majors bought up all the labels. And I don't think that's a coincidence. At the time that we were able to get a bigger place in the record stores and a bigger presence because of this major marketing capacity, the music became less and less conscious. We went to Columbia, the next thing you know, our producers of Public Enemy were overproducing an Ice Cube album. And the next thing I know, we're pushing a group called Bitches with Problems with WP. Chuck D, once that perpetuated into one thing and corporations get involved, yes, you'll sell two million NWAs as opposed to one million public enemies. You're going to go from fight the power to gin and juice. Dr. James Patterson. Now, once the market forces have helped that ship come along, that's when you get 60, 70% of the buying community now is a white community. Jada Kiss, a rapper, after 700,000, it's all white people. After you scan past 700,000, it's all white people, and he's well past 700,000. The white people want to hear that killing in everything. Byron Hurt, I was on a Daytona trip and I saw this white guy in his SUV blasting fabulous, keeping it gangster. How you doing, man? Driver, pretty good. Byron Hurt, hey, listen, man, where are you from? Driver, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. Byron Hurt, born and raised. Driver, hell yeah. Byron Hurt, is this your car? Driver, wish it was. I'm fronting like it's my car, but no, it's my dad's. Byron Hurt, how long have you been listening to hip hop, man? Driver, seven or eight years since it started to come out, 91, 92, ever since then. Byron Hurt, what is it? What is it that draws you to hip hop? Driver, just the pure emotion in the beats. I love the beats. I love every lyric that they spit. Everything about it is my style. You, you guys, he actually called black people colored people. I kid you not. It's in the transcript. So you have fraudulent behavior. You have the endorsement of human mayhem and you have instilled bigotry so i'm witnessing all this bigotry all this discriminatory attitudes and discriminatory practices and you have jim crowism you have white supremacy you have Black endorsed white supremacy is what I'm noticing. And you have instilled unquestioned racism from this driver. Wow. Could you guys, and you could say that it's their music, but I could get down to it just as much as they can. But I heard, did you just say colored people? Driver, I don't know what term you want me to use. I'm not a racist at all. People. No, be anti-racist. Anti-racism is the way that everybody should be living their lives. Just ask Black people what do you want to be called instead of using racist language such as colored people. 
driver. I don't know what term you want me to use. I'm not a racist at all. I'm not a racist at all. That's why I feel like I could come down here just rolling and I could have no problem. No one is going to try to do anything. I'm just trying to have a good time down here. But I heard, I hear you, man. Culture appropriation. That's what I'm hearing. And assuming that you're cool with a certain race of people without having honorableness towards those same people is a lack of human integrity, a lack of human moral excellence, and an overabundance of moral hypocritical failures. M1 debt press, it is something it is something that is as put on as baggy jeans for white boys. It is as put on as a fitted baseball cap and a do-rag. That's all they're going to be able to get and identify with. And I know you. I know you white boys. I've seen you. You are the guys who ask me why I'm the way I am. And if you don't understand, there ain't way, there ain't way I can tell you it comes with this. Again, I didn't say proper English was spoken about the entirety of this episode and the entirety of this transcript, I mean to say. Malone, I never been in. I never been to the hood. I never been to a ghetto. I grew up in the upper class. I've never been to the hood. I never been to a ghetto. I grew up in upper middle class white suburbia. We had a very small minority in our town. That was it. See, you see all of this lack of learning to love people who think live different than you, and all these stereotypes all these unnecessary stereotypes, all these needless caricatures of people and environments. Shameful, shamefulness. And, and to listen to stuff like that is a way of us to see a completely different culture. It's something that most of us have never had the opportunity to experience. I never had to worry about drive-by shootings and stuff and the music. It appeals to our sense of learning about other cultures, wanting to know more about something that we'll never probably experience. You don't need violence to expose yourself to people who don't look like you, don't love like you, don't have your temper, don't have your personality, and don't have the same upbringing that you have. All you got to do is get to know people genuinely without violence. Byron Hurt, does it reinforce stereotypes? Mom, yes, it does, especially if they talk about growing up poor and never having all this money. Then they come on MTV or VH1 with their large chains and their nice cars. And they sing a song about busting caps and people. Sarah Jones, if you really want to know where this kind of pred predatory black man comes from, look back at films like Birth of a Nation, Byron Hurt. Birth of a Nation is held by critics as a cinematic breakthrough in a great American movie, but D.W. Griffith's blockbuster in 1915 spread fear and paranoia about black masculinity with its mean-spirited stereotypes of black women as lazy and trustworthy over-sexed Jackson Cats. If the KKK was smart enough, they would have created gangster rap because it's such a caricature of black masculinity. Yet young people of color are... Some people don't like being called of color, and so I'm still learning to um, respect that. I've always respected that. I'm learning to... Um, keep that in my mind all the time um, because I had a friend who told me that um, he doesn't like being referred to as a person of color and so I'm going to keep that in mind all the time from now on when I do episodes in the future okay 
are being presented with this idea that somehow these people represent us, they're cool and they're gonna stand in for us against the white power structure while they're completely subservient to that white power structure. It's really an ironic, sad reality. Byron Hurt, I've asked BT executive Stephen Hill about reinforcing stereotypes we just passed the buck. This dude's a black man, okay? Stephen Hill, probably what should happen is you should look at the people who are actually making the videos. We are in some ways part of the video channel to play videos that are given to us. Byron Hurt to Stephen Hill. As an African-American man, how do you feel about what you see? Byron Hurt, you just walked away without answering my question. That shows a lack of aptitude, a lack of intelligence, a lack of skillfulness, um, a lack of heart, heartless, heartless here. Chuck B, BT is the cancer of black manhood in the world. They have one dimensionalized us and commodified us into being a one trick image. We're throwing money at the camera, flashing jewelry that can actually give a town in Africa water. We got $160 million contracts because we got quote unquote, happy niggas. Byron Hurt, what do you think about that as artists, as the ones who participate? Do you feel like you're reinforcing the stereotypes? Do you all talk about that, Chuck B? They couldn't even look you in the eye. Fuck that. We can really get to the nuts and nails of this. They couldn't even look you in the eye. Number one, cats can't even look a man in the eye. If they look a man in the eye, they think it's confrontation. Why? Because they can't answer. They can't answer to it. And it's almost like now, and it ain't their fault. Because he was talking to other dudes, and other dudes will look at the eye. That's why he's saying that. That happened to Byron Hurt and interviewing people, and Chuck D is saying that. This is all systematic. It's all part of genocidally breaking things down to the point where people are going to follow a program that just played out for them. This is the play. This is the playbook. Y'all going to follow through. Crank robots up. They're going to do what robots do, what you told them to do. Byron Hurt, do you ever feel as an artist that you're doing what they want you to do? Jada Kiss, I'm going to do what I want to do. They compensated me for it, and by me doing that, I'm going to help my people out. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to help my people out. Niggas that's eating the most off me and 50 and all of them you're never going to see. Then call zoo somewhere with a bent up hat on, you know what I'm saying? But I heard like who? Jadakiss, everybody, the real people that's eating out of the industry. But I heard you're talking about the corporate guy, Jadakiss. Yeah, the corporate guy, the big man at the end of the day stamps the check. Byron Hurt. So white or black, Jadakiss, all scratch white. There's nothing black about the head niggas that's running the industry. They're not even niggas. Jackson Cat. So the question becomes, who's making decisions about what people see? Who's making the decisions about what gets the multi-million dollar contracts? And overwhelmingly, this is no secret. And, and overwhelmingly, this is no great secret. It is white men in suits who are making these decisions. And they're deciding this makes money. I'm going to sell it. I don't care if it's hurting people. It's a business decision, right? Real quick, I want to say this. I did not mean to stereotype people who are in Square Plus when I said the pants savvy. I was strictly talking about prison culture. Majority of people, especially the Square Plus community, don't do any of that stuff, okay? So I wanted to um, put that out there, okay? And self-hatred, um, I'm detecting menstrual show tendencies. I'm detecting the happy tap dancing Negro tendencies too. When I say Negro, I'm saying that's how we were seen as black people back then. Nuts. This is nuts. 
Dr. Michael Dyson, if that's the case, then of course white record executives are not going to want to hear social critiques of white patriarchy, white supremacy, and the like. And it may be the job of these black record executives to speak up articulately. Share the case. It's only at the end of the day, it's only entertainment. Bullshit. That's what I'm saying. Nobody's going out and shooting up shit, so be it. Some people actually are. Dice Clay, all the niggas get up there and say incredible shit. No, they say harmful shit. The jerky boys, they're making millions. Yeah, making millions off destroying livelihoods and destroying lives. I'm just trying to feed my dog. No, don't give me that Biggie bullshit. No, Biggie was fucking lying. How can you say you're trying to feed your daughter? You weigh over 300 pounds. You fed yourself more than you fed your daughter. Okay, Chuck D, the only thing that can turn the tide is black men. Before anybody says I'm a rapper, I tell them, first of all, I'm a man. A man tells his business situation. We can't do that. We won't go there. We can't. It's a slap in the face to me and my constituency, my family, where I come from and all. That's a man. That's what has been lacking in the music business and film business. We have had men represent black people. Byron Hurt, Chuck D and I wrapped up our interview, but our conversation about the representations of masculine and hip-hop continued. I headed back home to New York, thinking about American culture that mythologizes and masses produces hyper-masculinity, teaching his boys that real men are tough, violent, patrol women cannot, under any circumstances, show weakness. Hip-hop, in that regard, is pure Americana. Hip-hop is trapped in a box. Kevin Powell, how many of us are willing to step up to the plate and say, this definition of manhood might not be the way to go anymore? We need something different, something new. And he said again, Kevin Powell, how many of us are willing to step to the plate and say, this definition of manhood might not be the way to go anymore? We need something different, something new. Byron Hurt, as I drove up the highway, listened to 50 Cent's The Mask Here, a testosterone-filled, highly anticipated follow-up to his multi-platinum CD, Get Richard Not Trying. I thought about the millions of boys and men across race, class, and culture who will undoubtedly connect with the hyper-masculine themes on his CD, those limited and ultimately self-defeating ideas about manhood that hurt men as well as women, along for a broader vision of manhood in the music I grew up with, the music that I love, that's the end.